Blog Talk Radio. Superhighway Live. My name is Rick Lupert. I'm the uh, Master of Ceremonies, the MC. You ever notice that sometimes Master of Ceremonies is abbreviated MC because it really is an acronym. But then sometimes you see it spelled out E-M-C-E-E as if that's somehow now a word. Anyway, I've been thinking about that lately. I'm also it's uh it's uh seasonably warm weather here in Southern California, so I'm I'm drinking a large glass of iced tea with lemon. I'd like to tell you that this is the first iced tea of the season. So we could all kind of share in that. As if we were all having a moment of some kind. But to be honest with you, it's uh it really isn't. It's uh it's like the third or fourth. I couldn't wait. I'm sorry. Anyway, the business at hand is uh, this is an open reading. It's Poetry Superhighway Live. It's our monthly call-in show where you have the opportunity to call in and read a poem and uh, let us know what's going on in your poetry world. Promote your website, your new book, your project, whatever it is that you have going on. Tell, tell us what's going on in your poetry community. That's why we're here. The number is 646-716-7362 or you could Skype to call in or – Whatever the other options are, I, I'm not really looking at the page because I'm I'm the host and I have a different page that I look at. But I'm sure there are plenty of options for you to get in uh, to the show to read your poem. Before we get to our callers, I want to let you know it's been a very busy time. We, we, this is what I call busy season in Poetry Superhighway land. Uh, we just uh, we just published a couple of weeks ago our annual Yom HaShoah Holocaust Remembrance Day issue, uh, in which we suspend the normal rules of uh, or our normal process, I should say, of publishing two poets every week. And in commemoration of the Holocaust, we have a very quick one-week turnaround call for submissions, and we publish a lot of people who uh, send in work for that. Uh, this year. I mean, typically it's, you know, 10, 15, 20, 80 poets are online this year. Um, I have to tell you, that was a lot of work, getting all of that up and online over the course of the, really, the two days from the end of the submission deadline to when the issue went online. I encourage you to check out that issue. Click on Past Poets of the Week or Past Poets Archive, I believe it is, from the main Poetry Superhighway menu at PoetrySuperhighway.com. And uh, when you have the opportunity, and read through all the many, many wonderful poets who sent in work for the special Holocaust Remembrance Day issue. Eighty of them this year, more, far more than anyone else. We also just completed, as you may know, the uh, eighth annual Great Ebook Free-for-All. This is a project where all last month, all during National Poetry Month, we collected uh, ebooks that people sent in via the online form. And for a 24-hour period on May 1st, just this was uh, Monday, I believe it was. Monday or Tuesday? It was Tuesday. Monday night, Tuesday, during the day, ended Tuesday night at midnight. Um, all of the ebooks, and there were 73 of them donated from all over the world. Uh, were freely available to download for 24 hours. 
So some of them were downloaded – well, all of them were downloaded many times, uh, which means that we have done a great deal for uh, furthering the mission of the Poetry Superhighway, which is to expose as many people to as many other people's poetry as possible. If you participated in the free-for-all, I'd love to know your experiences if you want to call in and let me know uh, – let us know, I should say – uh, you know, a particular book that you downloaded that you really enjoyed, or any if you contributed a book to the free for all, an ebook, if uh, you got any feedback from the people who read your book and downloaded it, um, it's pretty. You know, it's 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 cool enough that uh, all this poetry was accessible to everyone for free, and it's very cool that so many of you donated books to to uh, ebooks to. To to make available for anyone to download that's that's truly awesome, uh, but it just takes it to the next level when uh, you actually have the chance to interact with with other poets uh, because you've read read their work. I know as a poet it means a lot to me when when someone bothers to say something like, "Hey, I read this particular poem of yours, or I read your book and loved it, and or I like this about it, or blah blah blah." So if you've got something like that to share with your experiences as a participant or just a downloader of ebooks in this year's ebook free for all then please feel free to uh uh call in and share that as well as a poem that you would like to read. One other thing going on before we get to our callers, we're making preparations now for our 15th annual summer poetry contest. I'm not going to get into all the details of the contest uh, now because that the contest itself doesn't start until uh mid-July. However, we are we just announced that we are accepting sponsors for the contest. So what does that mean? Well, basically, our contest is unique in that every single person who enters gets a prize just for entering. So, um, of course, there's you can win the contest, and there's a cash prize and special things that happen for the people who win it. But even if you score in last place for the contest with, of the contest, you will get a prize just for entering. And we've been able to do that thanks to the generosity of many, many people who've sponsored uh, over the years of the contest. So, if you have something that you'd like to offer. Uh, as a sponsor of the 2012 Poetry Superhighway Contest, go to our website, poetrysuperhighway.com, click on Sponsor the 2012 Contest, and all the info is there. It could be a single book of poetry of yours. It could be a subscription to something. It could be many copies of a book. It could be a service that you're offering to poets and writers. It could be anything that you think would be of specific interest to poets and writers. It'll get added to the roster of prizes, all of which will be divided up between the uh, people who enter the contest this summer. What will you get out of it? Well, the satisfaction, A, primarily, I hope this is what's primarily for you, the satisfaction of having, again, exposed uh, as many people's poetry to as many other people's – to as many other people as possible. I should really write down the Poetry Superhighway mission so I can speak it without losing my mind. Uh, but you can – you participate in this great thing of sharing poetry. Um, and on top of which, uh, if you choose to, you'll get a, you'll get a listing on the uh, contest webpage for you or your online zine or whatever it is that you're promoting – um, and you'll get a classified in our weekly uh, Poetry Superhighway newsletter, which I would imagine if you're listening to this uh, show, you probably know what that is, uh, something we send out every week. At the end, there's a long classified section, which only includes classified ads of specific interest to poets and writers. And uh, so you will get uh, the opportunity to uh, have a classified in that for the for the duration of the contest, so that's mid mid July through mid October. So that's pretty good. The basic text ad is five dollars a week, 
uh, in that. So if that's you know roughly three months, so that's you know for donating whatever you donate, uh, you know it's what is that like sixty bucks worth of advertising, um, which is pretty cool. So all the details are there online. Uh, we're we're uh, collecting sponsors now. Your best time to get on board as a sponsor is before the contest starts, so that way you get the maximum exposure as possible as a sponsor. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, now it's time to get to you. Again, our call-in number is area code 646-716-7362. We are going to get to our very first caller who is from the 919 area code. Hello. Hello. Hi, who's this? This is Harry Calhoun. How are you doing, Rick? Hey, Harry, welcome back. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, I thought I might be the first one in. I tried to call in a little bit early. That's the trick. <laughs> I didn't know it was a trick. I just uh, just thought it's like uh, for once in my life I would be early. I'm usually known as the late Harry Calhoun for my reputation as being late for everything. So. Like to your family. I I know, I know. You're doing a great job, by the way. I, I did uh, wanted to say, just you were, since you're asking for feedback, I did uh, join in with the uh, the uh, uh, whole thing with the uh, online uh, uh, call for chapbooks, and I donated my the Insomnia poems. And happy to say, I was really pleased to say that uh, 45 people downloaded my uh, uh, chapbook, the Insomnia poems. And uh, it's like I downloaded a couple of uh, chapbooks from other people and then was very pleased with what I downloaded. Good stuff. And uh, thank you for for offering that every year. And, and uh, I really always enjoy uh, participating in that. Cool. That's great to know. Great, great to hear. I'm 45 is a big chunk of people who, uh, you know, if you think if you have books at a, at a reading or something like that, you know, at a typical reading, you know, if you're lucky, you might sell five books, you know. Exactly, yeah. That's the idea that 45 people now have your book and are going to read it is is awesome. So cool. I'm so glad you participated. That's very cool. And the the other thing is that, you know, if, if people, 45 people are reading my book and they like my stuff and a few of them get hold of my email address, it could lead to a few other sales or at least, you know, if nothing else, somebody's reading my, my, my poetry and that's that's always good. You can't can't go wrong with that. You cannot. Absolutely. You're you're calling from uh, Raleigh, right? Raleigh, North yes, Carolina. Yes, exactly. Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep. Okay. And I have a reading coming up this week. Really excited about that. It's a local uh, wine bar called um, Unwind. U N W I N E apostrophe D. I like the the name Unwind. And uh, so I have that coming up this week. Also, have uh, I'm really blessed because uh, not only uh, I think the last time we talked, I had a a uh, limited edition chapbook called Maintenance and Death coming out from a press in England. And uh, now, I just by coincidence, this has been in the works for a couple years, but I have a collection of my older poems coming out called Retro uh, on uh, Propaganda Press. And uh, that's coming out uh, just as luck would have it just this week. And I have some copies of that out for sale. And uh, uh, life is good, you know. So uh, those are my older poems, uh, some stuff I wrote back in the 80s and 90s that still, I think, at least hold up to the test of time. And uh, uh, those are really inexpensive at $6 a pop. And uh, I have those for sale. Uh, People can contact me at my email address or contact uh, Propaganda Press. And, uh, you know, things are good. Cool, that's all great news. Yeah, I um I you you and I kind of initiated this conversation about publishing uh last time which I've oh, yeah. point, pointed some people to. So, uh, it's good to good to hear back from you again and congratulations on Thank you. on this continued success. 
Do you have a poem for us? Yeah, actually, I was thinking about trying to uh, shamelessly promote my new book, but uh, instead I thought I would. I have a, a, a brand new poem that I just wrote uh, over the past week or so, and uh, sort of tried to t- tweak it and fine tune it and stuff. And uh, I thought I would try to read a brand new one, and uh, it's kind of a uh, you know, as anybody who's tried to read something brand new knows, it's kind of a uh, scary thing to do. But uh, I thought I would try this out and see how people react to it. It's uh, uh, as, as anybody who wears glasses knows, it's like I, I can't, I'm, I'm uh, uh, almost blind in my left eye, and I can't wear contacts, and so I have to wear eyeglasses. And as anybody knows who's, uh, you know, somewhat visually handicapped, it's uh, it's kind of a scary thing to be doing things without your glasses. And I guess what inspired this poem is that uh, the other the other morning, just a few weeks ago, I, I, I got up out of bed and I went went out to make my morning coffee and and do a few things and I just didn't feel like uh, going to the trouble of putting my glasses on. So uh, you know, and I'm I'm almost lost without them. And so I, I sort of uh, went through the whole process of of doing my morning errands and my morning things without my glasses and I just felt so lost I actually almost had a panic attack without them and so so this poem is called Braille Without Eyeglasses so here it is morning stumbling eyeglassless sleepy into the kitchen thumbing open the pill organizer fingertips grazing the tablets serenity the shape of a tiny coffin the orb that speaks down to your blood pressure. A swallow of last night's coffee, then lift the lid on today's batch, fingers in a Sahara of fresh grind, dipped in the water, smell of hazelnut, closed lid, press brew. Without glasses, you're just blind enough to rely mostly on feel. The sick helplessness you stomached when she left, or when death left you, with no dial tone, returns. In this mundane morning, sun still struggling to come up in a cloud-blind sky, you feel something close to panic and stumble toward the bedroom, coffee gurgling behind you, urging you back to your bed, to your glasses, to blessed sight. And that's it. Very nice, Harry. Thanks. <clears throat> Thank you very much for sharing that good piece. Uh, you've made me want my morning coffee, and it's already the middle of the afternoon. <laughs> it's early evening here, actually, on the East Coast. So, yeah. Oh, yes, of course. I still want my morning coffee. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, I really appreciate that you called in uh, again this uh, this 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 month, and I hope to hear from you again. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's always a pleasure being with you guys, and uh, you know, it's like I, I love calling in. I love love also hearing the other people calling in and their responses and their things. I always stay on the line and and listen in afterwards. I, I usually try to call in early, but I, I love hearing the other people calling in and get a lot out of these uh, these these calls. So thank you for sponsoring this. Sure, no problem. All right, Harry. Thanks so much for calling in again. Uh, that right. was uh, uh, Harry Calhoun calling from Raleigh, North Carolina. A um, uh, great piece there from him. And um, look for him online as well. Um, all right, moving on. The number to call in is 646-716-7362. We're moving now to a caller from the 646 area code. Hi. You there, 646? 
All right, I guess not. Okay. Poor 646 area code. I guess it means we have no choice but to go to the 973 area code. Hello. Oh, boy, what a rotten choice that is. You're doomed. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, David, the uh, the number is 973. Whenever I see them in public, I just get, I just get shivers. You, you cringe. You cower in, in horror. Yes, my mission, I want you to know that my mission is similar to yours, to expose myself to as many people as possible. Yeah, oh. missing a word there. It's actually poetry. It's exposing poetry. Oh, I just wanna, is that what it is? I want to be clear here. Oh, yeah, my my book fits over the, the family jewels, too. I, I, yeah, I, I can hide behind my book. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, what have we here? Um... I should, you know, not everyone is 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 as uh, familiar as I am with with what's happening right now. Uh, this is a David uh, Nevis, which is how I'm pronouncing it this month, from uh, Newark, New Jersey, who uh, who is is a repeat offender, and no one embodies the word offender more than you, David. I think. <laughs> offender with a capital O. Anyway, what I'm about to read is from the book. From my book, um, uh, Tales of an Unclean Life, it's called Pseudo Friends Marmalade, and it was inspired by an email that I got that uh, the the word marmalade was used to as some kind of a metaphor to denote the size of my ego that I had too much marmalade, and it was supposed to be synonymous with ego. So I had fun with it, and here it is. It's kind of macabre. Here it is. What are in these jars? Is there marmalade in these jars? Is grandiosity in these jars? Is it the self-pride, the bile of the ego, which is the golden calf, being spread like ever-thinning marmalade on stale, redundant bread, posing recurrent gossamer question? Do you walk in truth? But what are really in these jars? But deep within my freezer. So what are in these jars? Would you look inside my freezer? What are really in these jars? I want to put you in my freezer, but only the choicest parts. So what are really in these jars, Mr. Bundy? There is no more marmalade, Mr. Dahmer. Do you really walk in truth? What are really in these jars? Inquiring minds would like to know. And thank you for putting the fucking lotion in the basket. <laughs> End poem. <laughs> That's a rather startling ending, David. That's uh, <laughs> uh, was it paraben free lotion? That's. <laughs> In Newark, uh, here, we have, um, on uh, 45 Halsey Street, we have a place called the Coffee Cave. Every uh, open mic night, every Tuesday night, at uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, $5 admission. So, Is this something you attend regularly? It's, um, it's something I haven't, to be honest, I haven't attended yet, but I called down there. They said, come on down. 
So I'm going to go on down for the first time uh, on Tuesday night. That's great. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear more more about it. Uh, uh, and and uh, I think anyone on the East Coast in that area would love to know about opportunities for for reading in in New Jersey. We um, you know, we occasionally get to the East Coast, and I'm always like kind of interesting interested. You know, when I'm traveling, if there just happens to be a reading or something that I could show up to in in some place. So it's good to know about this one. Well, I'll be reporting on uh, stuff. Uh... As I call in, I'll, I'll be dropping names. Okay, so um, uh, I I downloaded all the eBooks. I downloaded all of them. Really? Was there was there one in particular, or or any in particular that you enjoyed, or yours? Yours. Oh, I especially like <laughs> I especially like the, the the picture of you in the in the pajama. <laughs> <laughs> No, I like Harry's too. I like I like Harry Calhoun's. It was really good. Cool. Well, I like them all. I've I've liked them all so far. I've I've enjoyed them all. Well, that's good to hear. Thanks for participating in that. You you had a yeah, book I, uh, that you contributed to the free for all as well, didn't you? Yeah, I contributed too. No, two, I, okay. I got the like twenty three, twenty four hits on on two. And you know that that's that's fine. That's fine. You're just out there, and I uh, download all everybody's. So I, I spent a good long time downloading. Cool. Well, I'm glad you did that. It's a sort of an equal opportunity opportunist uh, uh, a downloader as opposed to – I always kind of wonder, like, when people are looking at the list of 73 books, you know, or however many, however many it is. How do they decide? You know, how do they decide? And And some people, I'm sure, like you, download them all. Some people probably just start going through the beginning and get some. Some people probably look for names they're familiar with. Some people yeah. prob- probably. I think it's. I think it's based on name recognition. I could be, but it could be title. You know, I I bet if you have a good title, that people probably might might give it a chance as well. I think that's that's got a maybe a part of it as well. Yeah. Well, I. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to next year's. Cool. Well, David, thanks so much for calling in. Glad you participated in that. Thanks for sharing your uh, your egocentric poem. <laughs> okay, Rick. I'll catch you. On, I'll catch you next month. All right. Take it easy. Bye bye. That was uh, David Neves calling from the lush rolling hills of Newark, New Jersey. I'm not sure if they really have hills there, but he often says that there are and uh and that's how it goes. All right, the number, ladies and gentlemen, you should be calling in would love to hear your poem. Uh, if you've never read at an open reading before, this is the easiest way to do it. You just call in or you or you or you click on the Skype button and call in that way. Uh use your cell phone, use your weekend minutes. The number is 646-716-7362. Uh it's it's the it's the most anonymous way to do it. Uh, so there you go. We've got uh, some more callers on the line. I'm going to try to play another spoken word track at about the half hour mark. Uh, maybe after our next caller, we'll see where we where we are at that point. Something I try to do uh, every show at about a half hour mark uh, from the uh, submissions of uh, spoken word MP, MP3s that I receive. Um, let's see. The 646 area code is back. Hello. Hi. Is that me, Rick? That's you. Who's this? Great. I got disconnected before. Sorry about that. This is Gary Beck in New York City. Uh, you published me a while back, a poem of mine. 
And cool. I've been mostly concentrating on hard copy books, chapbooks, and books, poetry books. And I'm at the point where I've actually got two novels getting ready to come out with publishers. And I've got a volume of poetry about to be published by Winter Goose Publishing. And I'd like to read a poem from that. But first, I want to say you're doing a real nice job with all your projects. And it's always a pleasure to get your newsletter. That's so nice of you to say. Thank you so much, Gary. You're quite welcome. It's just always interesting to see somebody reaching out to other writers in a nice way, not trying to be patronizing or know-it-all, just trying to be helpful. And you know, we need more of that. Well, yeah, I don't think I, anyone would be much of a success if your if your method of putting out a publication was <laughs> insulting people and uh, and and being patronizing. But uh, yeah, so thank you. That's that's nice of you to say. You're quite welcome. And you, do you have a poem to share? Yes. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. This is from a collection called Dawn in Cities, which will be published, as I mentioned, by Winter Goose Publishing. And the title is Visions of New York City. The wind blew down chimneys, an animal howl serenading an old crone's dreams. Tenements stooped old men, faces sagging, rag picker limping, gunny sack full of treasure. A thousand children lie in rotting bananas. They never saw the sun. Santa comes on spider tendrils, afraid to stir the east side soot. Mrs. Lopez lifts her window. Santa never visits her. She always smells of wine. A headless snowman sheds hot tears that burn tiny holes in his chest. Last scurry, and Christmas slinks off with speckled rats. What is a final dream? The last vision before Panthers? An old man plays an older fiddle, gathering pennies. In the summer, naked and full of curses, children open fire hydrants on the Lower East Side. Captain Lewis, officer and gentleman, runs the Salvation Army mission on the Bowery. The bums listen to preaching to get hot soup. Hermano Lopez waits online at the relief office. The woman with the mustache is there today. She always asks why he can't speak English. He would spit on her, but his family would starve. After the novena, the worshippers have a festival on narrow streets lined with enticements. Girls are pinched from booth to booth. Four Italians beat up a Puerto Rican. A drunk is dragged into a doorway and robbed. Everyone loses money at the games of chance. The saint has blessed the wheel. The evening gets tired and decides to go home. A good time was had by some. That's very it. great, Gary. Thank you very much. I was just uh, glancing at at your uh, your poetry superhighway featured page, which uh, I posted the link in the in the chat room associated with the Blog Talk Radio. If anyone wants to check it out, or if you just go to Poetry Superhighway, click on Past Poets Archive. You are in 2006, back in April of 2006, and I see that your poem there was was titled Once in the Bronx and so I'm uh, having just heard this new poem from you um I'm I'm sensing that New York City is a is a theme in your work It frequently is I've spent a lot of my life here on and off and I'm very concerned with 
all the urban constraints that are really affecting the middle class and the poverty class. I've worked with very distressed populations, homeless youth, prison youth, uh, in all kinds of places, in prisons, in mental institutions, the list goes on. And it's not that I've seen all of the worst that our society produces, but I've seen most of it in cities. And a lot of it is horrible and could be changed. We lose a lot of young people who just don't have opportunities to to build a life. And I've let that influence so much of my thinking and my writing, and it appears in my fiction, in my essays, in my poetry, not exclusively. I mean, I am involved in many other subjects, but that seems, as you pointed out, to be recurring. Once in the Bronx was one of what I would consider a more major poem that certainly concerned itself with urban decay and the loss of quality of life and things mm. like that. Well, that's great, Carrie. I uh, it was good to hear um, this piece, and I'm I'm glad that you finally got to to call in and and share it as well. Um, yeah. uh, pl- please send in more work. I would love to have the opportunity to read more and uh, and and consider you again for poet of the week. Is there? Anything... I always will. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, uh, do you participate in readings in New York City? I have not been doing much of it lately. I, I, about ten years ago, I did a spate of readings. And since then, I've really been just working away. I've been working on novels, on essays, on plays and poetry. And I got so involved that I sort of became more internalized than going out. Uh, Now my publishers are all requiring social media presence. And this all happened in the last month or three. So I'm starting to look outward again. And, of course, I thought of you, knowing how active you are. So obviously I will call in again, and as soon as I find it practical, I will send you some more poetry. Uh, As a matter of fact, I always appreciated the fact that you published Once in the Bronx, which I think is one of my more special poems, and it has a special place to me. I'm happy to have obliged. Um, So do you have a website or anything that people can check out uh, uh, more of your work since you are reaching outward here? Sure, GaryCBeck.com. And they could check out my book trailer on YouTube. Okay. Cool. Well, Gary, right. I, I really, thanks I really a lot. That. You're you're a great host. I enjoyed listening to your conversations with the previous poets, and I particularly enjoyed your commentary. <laughs> well, I thought it was amusing. Sorry. You definitely uh, did. Listen. Have a good one, and thanks again. Thank you. All right. That was uh, Gary Beck from. From New York City, New York, uh, uh, reaching outward with his uh, poetry. It's an interesting conversation I was reading uh, about about the need to kind of reach outward with your poetry if you want some kind of success uh, as a as someone who's being published, etc. The the press, Right Bloody Publishing, which is uh, rightbloody.com, um, added a component this year to their annual call for manuscripts. They publish a a handful of people every year, uh, and they get many submissions, and they narrow it down to uh, finalists and that kind of thing. So they required this year that all of the finalists create a a YouTube video of one of their poems um, that's that's specific for this contest that's supposed to be creative and fun and interesting. um, And... Part of their consideration of which of the finalists they'll publish 
will come from how many people uh, click the like button on that particular video. Not all of it. I think it's 20% of 80% of the of, of the 100% of consideration. So, uh, you know, someone I, I saw someone comment, well, you know, it, it shouldn't really be a popularity contest. Um, but uh, and then another response was, well, this is exactly what it is and, and what it should be. If the idea behind being a successful poet is is at least partially, but you know, assuming that, that the quality of work is is what it should be, um, it's it's generating interest in people purchasing your work, you know, or seeking uh, performances out of, of you reading. And if you, as good a poet as you are, if you don't have the chops to uh, uh, market yourself or participate in the marketing of yourself. Um, through these kinds of methods, or through, as, as at least as, as through Gary mentioned, through social media, etc., um, you're you're not really going to get very far, you know. So I guess that's part of assessing what your goals are as a poet, um, and and your goals are as a successful poet, etc. Uh, but anyway, you might want to check it out. Go to writebloody.com and see see the different finalists' uh, videos there. And uh, and uh, and uh, see what you think of the whole process. All right, we're about halfway through the show. The number to call in is six four six seven one six seven three six two. We're going to get to our other callers uh, in a minute or so. But as is our uh, habit when we when we do have new material to share, I'd like to at the half hour mark play a spoken word MP3. So uh, this month, uh, last month we played a, a one of a set of three spoken word. Uh, MP3s that I received from uh, recorded live uh, here in Los Angeles uh, by a poet named Jerry Garcia at a live reading he did, which had music. Last week I played the poem "Rainy Night House." I'm going to play another poem from that that uh, trio now. This one is called "Insulation." Oh, baby, you were so out of control, falling out of your dance dress under a narcotic evening moon. You thought you still had it together. You screamed terror. I thought your heart would tear open right there. So loudly you roared, I don't care. And at that moment, I saw the switch to your wits shut down its current. That's right, you didn't care. You didn't worry about the confusion of uppers or downers. You didn't lose sleep over thoughts of dehydration, impending starvation. So quickly, like a sponge out of water, your in-style body became dried flesh. Now you sprawl on cigarette butts and dry chewing gum. Stiletto heels awkwardly sidestep your skeletal frame. You've doubled your pleasure right onto the streets. Counting days backwards, your lights dim. Your eyes are two hollow storerooms, insulation as thick as the buildings around you. Electrical conductors inert, sparks incomplete, flashing recall. Champagne flutes, Pills by the handful, cocaine lines jump-cutting to crack pipes. 
and the sad faces of former friends, caretakers held hostage too long by your room. Ten Sunday mornings later, corner of Cahuenga and Vine, newspaper man hawking headlines, drooped across cement lines, your dancewear smudged and greasy, pantyhose shredded, caked in homeless grime, heels busted, corroding like the handle of your rusted vanity mirror, you clutch a styrofoam cup full of coins from Samaritans walking towards their redemption. Church bells thump in the distance. So cool. I love that. That's from Jerry Garcia. It's one of three uh, MP3s I have from him from a performance that he did at Beyond Baroque Literary Arts Center in Los Angeles. Um, uh, if I don't have another submission from someone else uh, by next month, I'll probably play the uh, third one as well, uh, depending on uh, how many people are, are called in and what the time is, etc. But um, that's what I'm looking for, ladies and gentlemen. It could be a, it could be a particularly cool live performance like that where you uh, – uh, you know, I, I'm not necessarily looking for just a straight reading of a poem. You know what? Because you could just call in and do that. But what makes it uh, an MP3? Is it or a spoken word track? Is it something that you produced in some way uh, with sound effects or or, or different? You know, uh, different kinds of production that goes along with with the poem. Is it a live performance where the uh, audience behind you, uh, you know, their reactions created something a little particular? particularly special to it or or in this particular case the music behind it etc send me uh, send me a spoken word track uh, ladies and gentlemen and uh, and you have the chance to have it played here on our monthly poetry superhighway live show just send it to rick at poetrysuperhighway.com i'd love to hear it um and would love to uh basically uh, uh enhance this show by having the opportunity to uh to add your spoken word poetry tracks to what we're already doing here. All right, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. A uh, great time to call in. I don't have that many callers on the air, so you're definitely going to get on if you if you call in uh call in soon. Uh don't be nervous, people. If you've never had the chance to read a poem in front of people before, uh you're not even in front of people. You're just talking on the phone to me. No need to be nervous. If it makes you feel better, I won't even listen. You know what I'm saying? Put on a comfortable pair of pants. Get on the phone. Call in 646-716-7362. In particular, uh, it's a great opportunity for you to promote something that you have going on in your poetry world. As you've already uh, as you've already heard here uh, this this hour, uh, maybe it's a local reading that you frequent or plan on frequenting. It's uh, it's your new book. It's your old book. It's your website. It's something of that nature. We want to hear about it, and in particular, we want to hear your poem. Do call in 646-716-7362. Our next caller is from the 415 area code. Hi. Hey, Rick. It's Jay. My name is Jay Passer. Hey, Jay. How you doing? I'm all right. You just... Uh just put some stuff of mine up, Poetry of the Week, I think last week. Yes, I remember. You're How in, are you, man? I'm good. You're in San Francisco, right? Right now I'm in Sacramento, but yeah, that's where I'm from. Okay. I'm I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, let's see, what do I got going? Uh, I guess I'm going to read a piece from a recent book 
Okay. Uh, it's called Only Human by Definition. And it's out by Crisis Chronicles Press in Ohio. And uh, it's pretty good press. It's found it online. There's so many resources online once I started uh, using those resources. Boy, I had a lot of luck. You know what I mean? I've been doing this a long time. And, you know, I'm from the old school and it was all snail mail. And now it's a whole different story. So it's uh, refreshing to be able to do things like this. I got to tell you, it's so much easier to email poems out than it is to uh, print out papers and address things and and get a stamp on it and put it in the mail. I mean, it's uh, it's um, I, I don't know that I could go back. I frequently don't send poems into places that don't take electronic submissions just because uh, of the extra work involved. You know, I guess it's lazy, but so many places, including the biggest places, you know, Plowshares, Poetry Magazine, um, take take submissions online through online submission managers and stuff like that. It's um, I'd like to say it's a whole new world, but it's really been this way for a while now. It has. For me, it's pretty new. I was late getting the computer when I got a laptop, you know, my whole life changed. So, you know, it's, for all those poets out there who are still scribbling in the dirt at the beach, on the sand, uh, <laughs> you know, even getting to the library, it's free. So, And that's one of the best things about not uh, dealing with the paper as much anymore is it's just, you know, so much more accessibility, uh, rapid accessibility, and, you know, there's no waste. The forests stay intact as best as we can do for it. And that's part of some of, you know, my theory on it. It's, uh, I love it. I love that e-chat book thing. It gives me a minute to come up with my own little fun collaboration with myself. And, uh, you know, I had a good time doing that the last couple of years. Did you, um, uh, I, there were so many people, did you send a book for the e-book the e free-for-all this year? Yeah, there's one up there. It's, uh, it's called The Gospel According to Acid Pete. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Downloaded 45 times, I see. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah I was pretty happy about that. Uh, I think a lot of my Facebook friends probably did that. <laughs> but that's well, a good thing. It's, uh, Facebook has also been something. I don't want to promote Facebook necessarily on your show, but it has helped me out a lot. No, I use them quite a bit, you know, for promoting stuff. It's 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 a great thing, and it's and it's you know they're sort of be, have become you know the de facto internet of their own as well. I you know and and forty five people. I mean, would forty five of your friends shell out money for a chapbook? You know what I'm saying? It's uh, yeah. So it's it's again if you kind of toss aside the idea of well I didn't make any money on this so I'm not you know I I can't go buy a meal from the money I've made on poetry you've you've certainly increased the number of people who will be reading your poetry uh a lot you know for at the at the level oh, yeah. that most of us are at Well I really like that service I mean and there is a lot more there's just there's just so much opportunity uh I've been sending stuff out since the late 80s uh and Back then, yeah, you had to go to the post office, man. You had to hit the streets a lot. You, there's a lot of posters involved. And you just have to be determined. And, you know, I got a lot of stuff published, but nothing like now, you know, because the accessibility is it's just totally different. And, uh, yeah, I'm really I'm happy that the Internet is a part of my, my uh, literary output these days. And it's 
it's been really great. And I've met a lot of people through it, too. But I don't want to go on too long. Maybe I'll just read something, and uh, you can move on to the next guy or girl. All right. Well, I do have another question for you, um, uh, sort sure. of about what we were talking about. But if, why don't you read the poem first, and we'll, we'll we'll pick it up after. All right. This one's from the book Only Human by Definition. I got another book coming out from Corrupt Press in the Netherlands uh, later this year. This one's called Birth in Space. I'm watching a movie. There are gangsters, superheroes, samurai, and royal blood. I'm watching a rerun of a tree growing, a Buddha, a bottle of beer, a dizzy, busy blonde. I'm watching a commercial. My life is dictated by products. My dreams are sponsored by affiliates of corporations, satellites, industry. I'm watching a preview for a motion picture. My phone rings incessantly. Everybody wants my attention. I'm wanted and needed by the industry. I'm fed a most delectable load of shit. I suck and gobble greedily. I'm starring in a movie based upon myself. I'm a holy man and repeat winner of Academy Awards. You will cry real tears just watching the trailer based upon the amazing phenomena of my life. There in the dark of the multiplex, popcorn box in hand, the smell of butter and salt. I'm swimming in the ocean. I'm drowning on the shore and the credits rise like the unquestioning sun. I remove my glasses. No longer myself, I fight sleep for the rest of my life. There are birds melting in trees, stones the size of mammoth elephants floating in the air. Magritte painted this scene. Then someone got interested. Then someone made a film. Say a student project, per se, at first. But in the long run, somebody replaced the stars with corrupted visions of genius. Hmm. Definitely a, a, a sort of a, a pop culture social conscious going on in your uh, in your in your in that piece. <laughs> I guess you could say that. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different threads going on after doing this for a long time. Jay, good to hear that piece. It's always interesting, you know, to, for for me to hear voices of people who participated in in Poach Superhighway stuff. So I'm I'm really glad that you uh, called in to read that poem. Uh, you know, the question I wanted to ask you, um, you'd mentioned, you know, we we were talking about this idea of electronic stuff versus, you know, versus print. You know, in particular in regards to not just publishing online, but the ability to submit electronically. Um, mm-hmm. Etc. You know, and you you made the comment about you know the forests you know stay intact, and you know of course ebook readers things like the iPad etc. have become extremely popular and 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 kind of, for a lot of people just sort of the essential way to do do things and undoubtedly this is this is the direction that that the world is is going in uh, uh, by the by the very rapid success of those products. Um, what do you feel about? I mean, do you think that that physical books, as as much as we might emotionally be connected to them, ultimately are 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 not going to be around that much longer, or or at, or at some point in the future, it's they're really not going to be here? What do you think? I think uh, I had a conversation with a publisher recently about this very subject, and as much as I enjoy reading books, uh, yeah, I think the physical manifestation of the book itself is secondary to the message of the person writing it, person reading it. 
the communication involved, I think, is uh, the tool that we are using to transfer and transmit and absorb ideas, and that's what writing is about. That's what poetry is about. There's an oral tradition behind poetry that goes back thousands of years that I think we're just starting to recover in the electronic uh, media. So I think as much as uh, the, the media of a book is, yeah, a very, I, you know, I grew up with books. I read since I can remember, and, you know, I love the tactile, uh, just the whole phenomenon of reading a, a book. Book, uh, as much as I like all that, I like the other way more because of the accessibility. And uh, that was a hard change, but that's what life is about, is change. So I embrace both. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly embrace both myself, but, you know, there, there's a lot of... Uh... You know, when, when this topic comes up, you know, people's emotional tie to the physical book invariably comes out. You it know? does, and uh, I, I think that's a, I think it's it's great, you know. But at the same time, man, get a grip. You know, the fact is, the world is changing. Uh, you know, I have I have a nephew and a niece, and one of them doesn't. He he won't even look at a book, man. He's he's seven years old and. It's all about the computer for him, and you know, what are you going to do? Uh, schools are starting to use media a lot more, and it's just basically, you know, I hate to see trees get wasted. Uh, it's, they, they, you're not going to be able to breathe without them when the world is overlit and paved. So that's the way it goes. That's that's true. Um, <laughs> breathing, <laughs> breathing is probably a little more uh, essential uh, uh, than the physical. Uh, physical book uh, per se well Jay thank you so much for, for calling in and, and talking with me all about this stuff and um, and uh, and I hope to hear from you again you bet Rick hey thanks a lot alright take it easy take care bye that was uh, Jay Passer uh, calling from Sacramento California he was a poet of the week on Poetry Superhighway uh, a couple of weeks ago, if you click on poetry, past poets archive, you'll see his work there. I also posted the link to it in the um, in the Poetry Superhighway chat room. The number to call in is six four six seven one six seven three six two. I've got a new caller. It's a it's a series of ones. I'm not sure who I just put on the air. Hello, Michael. Oh, Michael from, from Birmingham. Birmingham. How are you? Yes. Uh, speaking of that conversation about books, consider the little child. They love little books. They like to put their hands on the tactile qualities on the pages. They're fascinated by books. Thanks to them, I think the book will always be around. The hard copies. Okay, I want you to know that at the museum event uh, last Friday that I mentioned the Holocaust Remembrance Issue, editor Rick Lupert, and I read my poem that's there um uh, in the archives now, uh, reality is stronger than fiction. Uh, so I won't read that one today. I'll read something else. It looks like we're. Do uh, you have other callers behind me? Hello? Um. No. Go ahead and read the poem. Okay. It's fourteen lines. It's fourteen lines, but it is not a sonnet. It, but it is in two short parts. Okay. It's entitled Ish. I-S-H-ish. Good title. 
Okay. Here we go. Ish. The fleece of a black sheep resists the dye, slipped skin, always chosen, following one's own voice. Two, brought back to life. Angels exist invisible. A message doesn't get delivered any clearer. Genius, our common denominator. We live familiar to genius. Jesus, the definitive genius. A dead end is doomed from the start. No beginning or ending. Now life again, a living dream. Michael, great, thank you. So you said uh, you, you you read the poem that you had submitted for the Holocaust poetry issue of four, uh, at the Birmingham Museum of Art? Yes, for the BMA Speaks event, the uh, event that they do three or four times a year. So um, that was the week after the Holocaust issue, and I read and mentioned that one. And I uh, also read that one that we talked about last time, uh, The Night Has a Thousand Eyes, But the Day mm. But One, The Mind Has a Thousand Eyes, But the Heart But One. So this is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this was the poem, Reality is Stronger Than Fiction, is that right? Yes, Reality is Stronger Than Fiction. Bring together my years growing up knowing about life, reality by way of the library and the incredible Helen Keller and I guess the juxtapositions to how someone could be so kind and compassionate and the juxtaposition of someone like Hitler who thought that they could take it upon themselves to eliminate the miracles of life. Yeah, uh, absolutely right. Um well, well Michael, that's uh, that's interesting. I'm I'm uh, uh uh it's it's cool that you you shared that poem at that event and I appreciate that you that you gave uh you gave props to Poetry Superhighway as well. That's very yeah, cool. I, um Go ahead. Yes, I mentioned Poetry Superhighway. Yeah, I did mention Poetry Superhighway 14th annual on that I've been to some previous and uh actually another piece or two that I've that are included in the archive issues are based on some artwork that was there. Uh, Art in Remembrance, um, The Fabric of Life, the woman who painted, who put together a storyboard of three dozen panels highlighting her experience of her and her sister surviving the Holocaust. Esther was her name. Uh, But um, those 16 panels are a narrative that she started about some years later when she's 50 years old, and they're done in fabric and needlepoint, Art and Remembrance. You can find that online, too. I think it's artandremembrance.org. It'll speak about that exhibit. Uh, I don't know what issue that I want to say maybe that was issue eight. Uh, anyway. Whatever. Well, you know, I appreciate that you called in. Um, you, you may be right, uh, going back to the original subject uh, uh, about um, – there always being books because of kids liking, you know, board books and kids and things like that. But at the same time, um, it's amazing how young um, uh, kids are actually starting to work their way uh, and, and become proficient at using, you know, toddler and, and young kid games on devices like the iPad, etc. 
you know, and, and many of these kinds of books and things are available there as well. So couldn't you see um, them basically getting the same, you know, experience of reading a book from one of these devices as they as they as they could from a a, a physical book? Look, imagine this. The complete works of Shakespeare are not available in volumes and hard copies bound. There's just something about it. But, you know, maybe I grew up with uh, real close to books coming up. You know, our books were the vicarious experience. Uh, you know, reading is not an asocial activity. You know, some people think about it. You're actually, you're dialoguing with, you know, other writers, artists, kindred spirits. But, um I'm not putting down, you know, uh, copies that are available, you know, electronic reading in books. No, they have their value. I mean, you have everything there on one iPod instead of carrying along ten books. You know, if you're on a plane trip, you've got your access to pull up. I think all that's wonderful. I mean, I think the Internet's been a godsend to me. But, no, I I think that there will always be a reverence for uh, the hard copies of books. And, you know, otherwise we'll be talking about no more libraries. (laughs) You may be right. I mean, but at the same time, uh, and that sounds like such a shocking thing, but, you know, uh, how many, you know, it, it, we we would never would have thought that there wouldn't be a, a record store to go to, you know, or a CD store, and there aren't any more, you know, Tower Records or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's... it's but what, but uh, what's happened there, Rick, what's, what's happened there, which I think is very American, and I like, the, the privately owned independent record stores are still are, are probably more viable because, and I haven't done any statistics... But they still exist. It's actually yeah. giving them a little sure. more uh, of the, the market since the big company corporations. And before we close, and you probably have another call, I just want to mention I saw the movie The Raven because, you know, I love Edgar Allan Poe. saw the movie The Raven, and it was very literary, entertaining, without being highbrow, without trying to be, you know, it wasn't a documentation, so there was creative nonfiction. I really enjoyed it, and I recommend it. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for the recommendation. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for being a repeat caller here on Poetry Superhighway Live. And thank you for providing the show for all of us, the lovers of poetry and literature. My you pleasure. You have a good week, Steve. I'll talk to you next month, probably. Okay. That was a Michael from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, we've just got uh, a little less than two minutes, so I guess it's time to close the show. I want to thank all of our callers. Uh, Harry from Raleigh, North Carolina. David from Newark, New Jersey. Gary from from uh, New York City, uh, Jay Passer from uh, Sacramento, and Michael from Birmingham, Alabama. Um, Also, of course, we played the uh, spoken word track from Jerry Garcia, uh, who lives here in L.A. Thank you, Jerry, for uh, sending me those very cool spoken word tracks. Our next show is going to be on Sunday, June 10th at 2 o'clock p.m. Pacific, so do plan on calling in and sharing a poem at that point. Um, uh, if you have something you'd like to contribute to the uh, Poetry Superhighway contest as a sponsor, now's the time to do it. Just click on Sponsor the 2012 Contest from the main Poetry Superhighway page for all the information on how to do that. Basically, you figure out what you want to donate. You fill out a form. If it's a physical object or you know books or something, you, you know part of the donation is uh, mailing what you're donating directly to the contest entrance afterwards. Um, you have to do it within two weeks. You have to notify me that you've done it. It's all there, um, and it's a cool thing. It could be one thing. It could be five things, whatever you want to do. Um, uh, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks again. I uh, hope you all have a great rest of your uh, rest of your day and week. Uh, visit, us, visit us online at PoetrySuperHighway.com. Thanks, everyone. Bye. <laughs>